Welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment, stick around. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yeah, the pun is totally intended. And now, here's your host, the Blind Jesus Freak himself, Mike Calvo. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast. I am the Blind Jesus Freak himself. And you know, the group of Blind Jesus Freaks just keeps growing and growing. Thank you so much for your emails, for your tweets, for your messages, for all that good stuff that you keep sending along to us at info at blindjesusfreak.com and our other forms of communication, which I won't get into right now. We'll go into a little bit later. With us tonight, we have Jamie Pauls, the infamous how are you sir good evening or afternoon or morning kind sir depending on where someone is listening that's the amazing and wonderful thing about this podcast is time does not matter good to be and here just because we are politically incorrect and ladies should be first but for whatever weird reason i never <laughs> mention her first lisa is here lisa salinger welcome sweetheart how are you today i am doing just fine thank you awesome Hope i know you've been a little under the weather well. lately have you Oh, man. (laughs) If I were any further under the weather at one point, I'd have been on back on top of the whole thing. It was a (laughs) crazy couple days, but I'm feeling better and starting to sound better. Only sometimes do I feel like I'm walking around with a box over my head or a bucket over my head. My one ear is doing funny things. Here's the end of March, man, and it is freezing here in Orlando. I mean, when I say freezing, of course, by Florida standards, it's in the 50s. But uh, don't even uh, talk to us about freezing. (laughs) Now, 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 don't you lose your religion. Um, It's in the 20s. My goodness. It's in the 20s, and we had snow yesterday. You're in Pennsylvania. I am. And where are you, Jamie? You're in Missouri. I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Missouri, and it's threatening to inch its way up into the 50s and maybe even 60 by the weekend here. So wait, Jamie, is it Missouri or Missouri? You know, for most of my life, I've said Missouri, but... People have finally picked on me enough that I switched over to Missouri. I really don't know the answer to that question. I think that could be a raging debate for the next hour and a half if we wanted it to be. Did someone show you? (laughs) They haven't yet, actually. I'm still waiting for someone to show me definitively how to pronounce the name of my own state. That's all right. I don't still really know what a keystone is. Never mind. Bad state pun. Okay. Also, if we're talking about states, you know, we got the biggest... And, well, depending on who you talk to, but I'm sure he would agree, the best direct live from Texas, from Tyler, Texas, it's Richard Wells. Hey, welcome, Richard. Yeah. In the words of Dave Ramsey, I'm better than I deserve. Or as someone else said, I'm, if I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm sorry. I will state it again. Pastor Richard Wells. Yes. Mm, Reverend Richard Wells. Or just Brother Wells. Brother yeah. Wells. Brother Wells. They Wells. just all call me Brother Wells around here. That's Brother it. Wells. Well, That's... there you go. Yeah. So, so uh, Brother Wells, tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak podcast, by the way. Well, it's good to be here. I, I started off um, many years ago as a musician, and I did everything backwards from everybody else. Live uh, radio and TV before I actually got into the nasty club scene and all that stuff, and did a lot of uh, studio work in my 
life. Played with a lot of really neat people and uh, a lot of good memories, but I'm glad to be where I am now. And where is that? I'm in a little town called Simpsonville, Texas. It's 11 miles out of Pittsburgh, Texas. Uh, That's without the H, as uh, I'm fond of reminding Lisa. And I'm about 14 miles from Gilmer, Texas. And that's where the closest Walmart is. Tyler, then? I'm about 50 miles northeast of Tyler. Why did I think you were in Tyler? I'm sorry. I would have better internet connection if I was in Tyler, but uh, no, we are out in the shticks out here, big time. I mean, it's... Isn't that where the evangelist R.W. Shambach was from, was Tyler, Texas? You know, that's possible. I couldn't tell you for sure, but... uh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> how far no is the closest alive. Walmart you were saying before I rudely interrupted? <clears throat> the closest Walmart is 14 miles away, and that's not even a full-size Walmart. It don't have like the, you know, well, it, it's just a littler Walmart than the other one, than the big one up in Mount Pleasant, which is about 22 miles from me. And y'all were talking about weather a while ago. You know, here in this morning, right here in north and deep northeast Piney Woods of East Texas, we had 23 degrees here this morning. Oh, goodness. 23 degrees. So it was cold here this morning and it did not make 50 degrees today i think it got up to like 47 48 maybe so uh, i guess al gore forgot to pay his global warming bill i don't know what happened (laughs) (laughs) well you know richard we we really are excited that you're here today you know it's kind of interesting the way that this podcast is growing and we're inviting different brothers and sister Lisa gave her testimony and and we certainly hope that if you have an interesting story to tell an interesting lesson to teach of what Jesus is laying on your heart to say or what the Lord has done in your life we certainly want to hear from you and uh, this is not just about me sitting up here and waxing philosophical on scripture or anything else it really is about us blind folk just ministering to other blind folks and saying hey you know what you're blind by design god made you that way god's not surprised you shouldn't be surprised and god's got an amazing amazing plan and what we're here to do is just to kind of help you and we certainly none of us here are experts at doing this blind christian thing but hey we're trying and we're just all on the same road and i certainly am excited to be able to reach out and communicate and listen to great teachers like brother wells and others that will be coming up in the up and coming podcast. But uh, Richard, you have a great teaching for us tonight. So what I want to do is I just want to shush up and sit back and just listen to what the Lord has laid on your heart tonight to share with us tonight. Is that okay? I don't mind the interaction at all. As a matter of fact, uh, I don't want you to feel like I'm just sitting up here preaching at y'all. I want you to chime in as you know the Lord gives you something. So there's so many times when I will teach something and somebody will say something, you know, when we're in a Bible study setting and somebody will say something in the congregation or whatever, and it will cause me to go back and do some research on what they said and uh, learn a lot. So this oh, I is, thought you were uh, inviting uh, me to get definitely. all Pentecostal up in here. Amen. Well, Hallelujah. Yeah, well, yeah you, can, you can do that yeah. too, I suppose, uh, as long as we have an interpreter. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. uh, Well, do it, man. Do it. Let us hear. Let us hear. Well, my uh, title is probably going to sound, and that's, you know, what the first thing they teach you down there at the seminary, uh, down there at the cemetery, where preachers go to school down to cemetery. Y'all know about them cemeteries, don't you? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so they teach you, you know, you got to have your title and you got to have an outline and all that. Well, I didn't do this in outline form. I just want to kind of walk through some verses of scripture. And uh, we are looking tonight at Mark chapter 10. And uh, we're going to be looking at a passage that 
most of you are going to be familiar with, or uh, most of you are people who have uh, been in Sunday school, been in uh, you know in the Bible any length of time, and it's a story that's found in three of the four Gospels. It's found in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, and Synoptic, of course, is just a big word for see alike. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the Synoptic Gospels, and uh, so th- this uh, story is also found in Luke chapter eighteen, and it's also found in Matthew. But we are going to look at Mark's account because Mark wrote what I like to call or what my one of my professors, Dr. Ron Harvey, used to call the Indiana Jones gospel. And, you know, it's the gospel that just takes off and no commercials, no interludes, man. It just one event right after the other. And so we're going to begin reading here in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. I'll be reading from the King James and some of you will have different translations and that's OK. We'll be but well, I'm going to be reading tonight from the King James Mark chapter 10, verse 46, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, you see how they're just in and out, in and out, while he was in Jericho, if you look at Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, you'll see that while he was in Jericho, he had a visit with Zacchaeus, (laughs) but Mark just kind of goes right past that, and that's okay, because we have the complete picture in other places. Anyway, they left Jericho, he and and his disciples, and, and a great number of people, Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Now, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and this was his last trip to Jerusalem. He made three or four different trips to Jerusalem, but this was the last one. And he went back to Jerusalem this time to do ultimately what he came to do, and that was to lay down his life for his friends. And I would uh, like uh, someone to take a look at the book of Luke in chapter 9, verse 51, because in there, there's a very interesting passage there. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. A very controversial thing for him to do because a lot of the people who were following him were, I mean, he had everybody from Samaritans to you name it. Uh, following him and some of those people weren't interested in Jerusalem or the things that were going to happen in Jerusalem. In John chapter 15, verse 13, we read these words. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. What a friend we have in Jesus. And, uh, you know, we see that as we read his words to us. But anyway, that's this is why he was going to Jerusalem. But on the way, and this is one of the first things that I want you to get, and, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of application here, and I hope that you'll stay with me. On the way, there were many opportunities for him to meet the needs of people. See, a lot of times you you might be trying to get from point A to point B, or you're going from here to there, or you're doing this or that, and uh, so many times we'll uh, consider you know life's annoying interruptions. But a lot of times what life's annoying interruptions were, are in our lives, are God's divine appointments. And we don't want to lose sight of that. And so I would just ask all of you that as you go through your days, and especially if you have specific plans, you know, for the day, I've got to get this done, I've got to do that, I've got to go over here and do this, and do that, whatever. But And then something throws an interruption up there. Ask the Lord what he has in that interruption for you to do. I have seen it happen so many times that what I perceived to be an an annoying interruption turned out to be a divine appointment so many times. 
But anyway, one of the, one such person, one such annoying interruption in the life of Jesus, if, if we were to put it in the world's terms, was a young man by the name of Bar Timaeus. And I say it like that on purpose because I want you to notice something. Now, Names always meant something in the Bible times. You know, today we just name our kids Fred or Bruce or, you know, George or Debbie or, you know, whatever we, you know, we just name our kids whatever sounds good at the time, you know, and that's okay. But back then they always named people according to what their name meant. And Bartimaeus has a very interesting name. Of course, the word bar is always the son of something, you know, like when Jesus says to Peter and Matthew in Matthew 16, yeah, Simon Bar-Jonah, you know, that means Simon, the son of John. But in this case, uh, he is Bar-Timaeus. So we know what the word bar means. What does the word Timaeus means? Well, according to Easton's dictionary, it means defiled. So Bar-Timaeus, the name means son of the defiled. It's a very interesting name, I would say. So it's an interesting thing and an interesting place for us to jump. So therefore, Bartimaeus, of course, means the son of the defiled. Now, this is the perfect illustration of what it means to be spiritually blind without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. See, all of us, until we come to know Christ, are defiled. It's true. The moment that you know the difference between right and wrong and you do wrong, you sin against God and you become defiled. Many places in Scripture, Romans uh, 3.10, there's none, none good, no, not even one. Romans 3.23, for all have come short of the glory of God. All of us have. And there's a problem with that. There's a penalty for that. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Of course, in the very next part of the verse, it says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But in that day, about the only vocation for a blind uh, man or woman to become involved in was begging. And uh, I don't even remember who said it now, but one of the greatest quotes I ever heard on evangelism was the quote that basically what evangelism is, what telling people about Jesus is, is one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. (laughs) That's really what it is. Amen. So in this generation then, you know, the spiritually blind are in the same place as Bartimaeus. All of us, until we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we are defiled. That's why I said a while ago, I'm better than I deserve because I'm bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, people are searching for answers and that's the good thing about knowing that we're defiled because then we realize we need to get cleaned up. You know, we, you know, you go outside and play and you get all dirty and you got dirt all over you and you realize you need to clean it off. And that's, you know, what causes you to go take a bath or, you know, whatever, unless you're a little boy, then you don't ever want to do that. But everybody is defiled and they're begging basically for answers, answers to questions like this. Why am I here? What is the meaning of life? Uh, I think it was, I was watching a Gatorade commercial once and Michael Jordan came on there and he had been running through you know, the frozen tundra of Tibet or something, and he comes to this monk or whatever there, and I don't know if he's a Hindu or uh, probably a Buddhist monk, and he says, uh, what is the meaning of life? And he said, life is a sport. Drink it up. (laughs) But uh, life has much more meaning, of course, than that. So the question is, you know, why am I here? What is the meaning of life? You know, is this just all futility? What is this all about? Where can I find peace and contentment? You know, where can I find joy that goes beyond my circumstances? Because some people are in circumstances that are not going to change. 
And, uh, you know, happiness is basically being happy when something happens, something good happens, and then being sad when something bad happens. But where do you get that inner peace, that inner joy? You know, where, where can that come from? Is there a God? And if there is one, how can I know him? Dr. Ken Hovind said that, <laughs> he says, uh, you know, if there's a God, we better find out who he is and find out what he wants and start doing it. Start doing what he wants us to do. I'm not talking about a workspace salvation here, but listen, if you're walking with God, you know, what on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? I guess it's a better way to ask it. All right, verse 47. That's just verse 46. I better move on here. We'll have to make this a two-part podcast. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Bartimaeus had, had been, you know, hearing, of course, of the great uh, healing ministry of this man called Jesus of Nazareth. Idle curiosity for him, I would imagine, if I'm just putting myself in his place, you know, it's when we first begin to hear about something that we haven't not yet experienced. Maybe at first it was idle curiosity. Then it became interest, and then interest became hope, and then hope became a longing to have his own personal need met, maybe. That was his first motivations. Maybe at first that's what it was. I mean, it was just for purely physical reasons. I want to receive my sight. Bartimaeus, but then he cries out, he says, have mercy on me. And that's interesting enough. That's, you know, basically he's saying to Jesus, he's not saying it in so many words yet, but he's saying, I want my circumstances to change, Lord. And a lot of you are praying that. I want my circumstances to change. And for some of you, it may change. And for some of you, it may not. But whether it changes or not, I would just remind you that his strength is made perfect in your weakness if your circumstance is, in fact, weakness of some kind. But as we look at the way he addresses Jesus, let's not gloss over that. When we read a passage like this, it's so easy for us to just see, you know, have mercy on me. Yeah, okay, I see that. But we'll look at the, at the very next words. Thou son of David. Then we begin to realize that there's something more going than physical occurring here. You know, see Jewish tradition, as well as the prophetic writings i mean they had the old testament in its entirety there so all of these writings all the traditions had been passed down orally and through the scrolls and what have you that they had all of these writings have been passed down and they have been taught to bartimaeus as it would have been you know passed on through the children all, all around jericho but of course remember that bartimaeus was hearing some things that blind people don't hear anymore today he was hearing that if you're blind or lame or these things, you can't even approach the Lord. You can't even come to the temple of God, the tra- to even to the tabernacle. Those were the kinds of things that he was hearing too. And yet we see that he's persistent. Let's look at verse 48. And this is, by the way, another interruption that is not at all a divine interruption. And this, by the way, is a grieving thing for me to read because I see so m- this happen in the lives of so many people who are seeking God And they get interrupted by the religious, by those people who are steeped in their traditions. And if you don't come to God my way, then uh, you can't come at all. And of course, the Jewish leadership, they were still very much into the Levitical law. You're blind. Get out of here. We don't want any part of you. Verse 48, and many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried 
the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. There is an excellent parallel in this verse for all of our own spiritual journeys. See, as we try to find God, there are those around us who will discourage us along the way. Some of them will be people who want to remain in the sinful lifestyle. There will be others who are church-going people, and yet they will do things to discourage you. And what I would say to you is don't listen to any of that. <laughs> Even if they speak to you harshly, remember, listen, that's not God speaking to you. When, when, when someone speaks a harsh word to you, that's not the Lord speaking to you. you know, they might tell you to be quiet, but there's also a very valuable lesson to be learned here. Bartimaeus doesn't give up. <laughs> he continues to cry aloud to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And he keeps, and then as we're going to see, his tenacity is rewarded when we get to verse 49. But God made, made us a wonderful promise in Matthew chapter 7, in verses 7 and 8. And I would like someone to read those verses very familiar to you, most of you, but they bear repeating. And I want you to notice the progression. I've got that. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Notice the progression. What does it say first? It says, Ask, and then seek, and then knock. Do you see the progression? Asking is just kind of opening your mouth and saying something. Seeking is when you actually get up and you walk around and you're starting to, you know, you're really starting to look for it. And then knocking is when you found it and you're knocking on the door and you're saying, I think what I want is in there. You see the progression of that asking and seeking and knocking. But sadly, there are those who are happy in their blindness. Matter of fact, I've had people ask me, you know, hey, If you could have your sight tomorrow, would you want it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, I don't really know what vision is because I've never experienced it. I'm thinking about all the things that I could do by myself. You know, I could turn off voiceover and use an iPhone like, you know, other people do. I could, you know, learn to drive. I could do all these different things and it'd be kind of cool, you know, on one level. But there are some people who said my blindness is part of who I am. And see, that's a problem. There are people who their lifestyle, what they have chosen in the ways that they've chosen to disobey God and the way that they've chosen to cling to their sinful lifestyles. They are basically saying, this is who I am. This is part of who I am. In Exodus chapter eight, we find an excellent illustration of this. The Egyptians have already experienced several of the plagues that Moses had to give them. And because of it, uh, uh, they were, they had now experienced a plague of frogs. And uh, so Moses was there and of course, some of the, the earlier plagues, the magicians there in Egypt had been able to reproduce, and they had sort of reproduced this one. But uh, then uh, in Exodus chapter 8, verses 9 and 10, something very curious happens. We have that one. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me, when shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy houses, that they may remain in the river only? And he said... Tomorrow, And he said, Be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. What is it in us 
in our rebellion against God that causes us to say, give me one more night with the frogs. You know, I mean, these are stinking, you know, green tree frogs, bullfrogs, horned toads. I mean, you name it, every kind of toad frog there was. And they're all running, running there, and they're all slimy, and they're croaking, and they're carrying on. And what is it about our lifestyle that is so good that we would say, I will leave this sin tomorrow. Bartimaeus wasn't like that. And as a result of it, we see how much he is rewarded and how well he is rewarded for his tenacity. In Mark chapter 10, verse 49, and Jesus stood still. Now, I just got to stop right there. What is it that makes the Son of God, God himself, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, stand still? I mean, think about that for just a second. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. Jesus stands still for those who seek him. If you are looking for him, he's going to be right where he always is, and he's going to be standing there, and he's going to be waiting for you. When my daughters were little, you know, I would be trying to find them and they would move around and very quietly so I couldn't find them. God doesn't do that with us. He stays in the same place so that we can find him. He stood still. <laughs> Notice the contrast here. Remember in what we saw in the verses in verse 48, you know, shut up, be quiet. <laughs> but when Jesus stops and calls for Bartimaeus, instead of shut up, the call is cheer up, stand up. That call rings now more than ever. And the challenge for us is, will we respond the way Bartimaeus did? You know, when Jesus says, come, come to me, will you respond to that? Or will you say, one more night with the frogs? Verse 50. And this is amazing. This verse is amazing to me. And he, that is Bartimaeus, casting away his garments, rose and came to Jesus. When we look at verses like this, it's so easy for us to gloss over what this man did. (laughs) See, in that day, the cloak was the all-important outer garment. They talked about the cloak in uh, Levitical law, you know, saying that if you uh, give someone your cloak, your coat, you know, as collateral for a loan, be sure to give it back to him before nightfall and then take it again the next day so that he can have it to be warm. But it protects its owner from the cold desert night air. I mean, it was very hot there in the daytime, but it was a lot of people forget it. It's very cold. And if those of you who live in desert climates, you know how quickly the temperature drops when the sun goes down. It was always worn while traveling. It could be laid on the ground for use as a makeshift placemat or tablecloth or table for dining. Needless to say, it was something uh, you know they depended on in everyday activities. Today, we might say, and Richard Wells laid, laid aside his iPhone and went to Jesus. <laughs> you know, when you put it in that way, put it on your most pride possession. He put it down. <laughs> and by laying aside this garment, even for a little while, in such a large crowd, you know, I mean, that's just, it illustrates the complete trust that Bartimaeus placed in Jesus. I mean, by this time, he's saying, you know what, so what? If somebody steals my cloak, my Lord will provide another. If he can make me see he can provide another cloak. 
In the same way, we must uh, be ready and willing to throw everything aside and come to Jesus. And see, that's the problem. We keep trying to bring our stuff with us, and we don't throw it all aside. We don't throw it all away. There, are, What is it in your life that you would really be mad at God if he took it away from you? Another way to put it, if all you had left was Jesus, would that be enough for you? Job, that great uh, suffering servant, illustrated patience. And in, in the book of Job, he said, you know, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the Lord. How many of us will say blessed be the Lord even when he takes away or even when he allows something to be taken away? Verse 51 And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Another great point of application that we must stop and explore. When Jesus asks you, what do you want me to do for you? What will your answer be? You know, will it be something, you know, vain? Will it be something that you would just consume upon your own lust? Or would it be something... You know, what is it, what profound thing would you ask of God if you knew that he were listening to you and he is listening to you? What would you ask him? What is it that you want me to do for you? You know, I think one of the reasons, the main reason in our faith that ever gets stronger is because we never really ask God for anything. Sure, we pray for the widows and the orphans and the sick and the afflicted. But how do we know? I mean, God may be healing widows and orphans and sick and afflicted and all that stuff while we're praying for them. Which widow, which orphan, which sick person, which afflicted person are you praying for? Our prayers lack specificity. They really do. How can we possibly know when God answers our prayer? I mean, it would be like you walking in and say, Mama, give me something. Or, Daddy, can I have something? What do you want? I don't know, something. Okay, I'll take you out to the woodshed, give you a whooping. How's that? You know, When God asks you to pray specifically, he, listen, God desires for you more than anything else your communication with him he wants to talk to you he wants to listen to you listen the more you spend time with him and your natural i mean i don't don't mean you know just to in some kind of the way you heard some preacher or some deacon or some sunday school teacher who is very eloquent prayer i mean just pray let god have your personality when you pray so when god asks you something like ask you what what do you want what do you want me to do for you what would you say think about that very carefully When God gives you that clear direction, this is the next place that you need to be in your life. This is the next place that you can do something good for the kingdom. And by the way, this is not all about meeting our needs. Now, certainly our needs get met, but this was all about the kingdom of God. While Bartimaeus was healed, and it was kind of cool that he had his sight, you know what was more important? There were people that saw the power that Jesus had, and they said, wow, this must be the kingdom of God. And so anything that happens that that God does, it's all about his kingdom and about his kingdom coming, you know, his will being done and his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. So when God gives you your spiritual vision, he may not give you your physical sight, but when God gives you your physical vision, or at least that part that he has for you to do next, the question is, will you do what Bartimaeus did? Verse 52, and Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. 
Now, that was the most interesting part to me. Did you notice that he said he followed Jesus in the way? This meant a lot more to them than to us, because when we see that word, the way, you know, that means, well, he walked down the highway with him. No, that's not what he meant. Back then, the life of the believer was called the way. So when it said that he, that he followed Jesus in the way, that means he became a disciple in the way that Jesus taught. And Jesus' command is the same today as it was for Bartimaeus and as it will be for those until he returns to get his church. We must be willing to go. Our faith in him has made us whole. And just as Bartimaeus received his physical sight that day, if you have come to a, a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have received your spiritual sight. You are no longer spiritually blind. And as we follow him, our vision will become clearer every single day. I'm amazed at how blind I used to be, even even as a believer, and how much God has showed me just in this last six years that I have been here actually shepherding a flock of believers. What a great responsibility, what great accountability there is in that. As we become obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, we follow him along the road, and uh, we follow him wherever it leads. Jesus made a statement in John fourteen six. It's not one of the scriptures that I had given in the notes, but um, he made a, an amazing statement in John 14, verse 6, and it was actually an answer to a question. But uh, Jesus made this statement. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. C.S. Lewis said this of that verse. Jesus is one of three things when he says this. I mean, he drew a line in the sand. Jesus is either one, a liar. He was deceiving us, and he's not really the only way, or he's not really even one of the ways, or maybe he's a way, but not the only way. He said, I am the way, not a way. He said, the way. So either he was lying, or he was a lunatic. He was had delusions of grandeur. He was a crazy man, or he is Lord. And my prayer for you tonight is that you will decide that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I leave you with these words that he gave us, and this is for all of us, and we will all carry it out in different ways in Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In other words, from everything that he says on is based on what he just said in verse 18. I've got the power to help you do this. Verse 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now by that he means preach to them the gospel. Tell them they are sinners in need of repentance. Tell them that Jesus Christ has made a way, has paid the substitutionary price for their sin. Jesus lived a sinless life and he died on a cruel cross. He was in the grave for 72 hours, three days, and then he arose again, and he is in heaven. He is interceding for us. This is what we are to teach the people. And once they understand that, then, not when they're little bitty babies, but only when they understand, then we are to baptizing. We are to baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them the truths of the Trinity, God the Father God the Son with us, God the Holy Spirit in us. First Corinthians six nineteen. Though you not, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse twenty he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. 
And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And that, folks, is the mission that Jesus has called you to fulfill with your new spiritual vision. And I pray that you'll do that. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Richard. That was an awesome message. And uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the podcast. Do you have a website? Do you have a way for folks to get in touch with you and to communicate with you outside of the contact information that we'll put up on the on the notes? But uh, those people who aren't looking at the actual notes right now, uh, do you have an email or a Twitter account or any way for folks to kind of follow you around? Okay. Uh, Twitter is at R-I-C-H-W-E-L-S. My last name actually has two L's, but I only use one for that. And uh, my webpage is www.samobile.net slash users slash R-I-C-H-W-E-L-S. And my blog and my interest in all of those things are also, it's a, there's a lot of public bookmarks and uh, lots of things there that the Saratech service allows me to do that I don't have the technical know-how to do. <laughs> so that really That's helps awesome. me. And my email address, my personal email address is, of course, it would be easy for anyone to figure out from that, but uh, R-I-C-H-W-E-L-S at net. Richard, before you go, I, I had a question for you about being a blind pastor. How does that work? I mean, there's many, many functions that a pastor does besides just get up there and, and teach on Sunday morning. Give us a, a small example, a little bit about the actual function of your role um, as the shepherd of that congregation uh, in Texas? Well, it's like anything else. You do home visits and you do hospital visits, but the difference is is instead of going out by myself, I either go out with another man in the church or or Lila goes with me. I can tell you a funny story about baptizing because when, when I first got here, I had not baptized anyone before, of course, and I didn't actually get a chance to baptize someone until the week before Mother's Day in May, and I had been here since December. And so... Lila agreed to be my uh, test dummy, and uh, so we filled the baptistry, and I took her in there, and I baptized her four or five, six times, And but the problem was I kept bumping her head on the ladder that you come down the thing, thing with, so she had a pretty good, I mean, it looked like I, you know, uh, been beating her up, or what, but and so, so anyway, after about the fifth or sixth times, you know, I said, you know what, we need to turn you around, and I'll just baptize the other way. And so I'm fond of telling everyone that not only is Lila a Baptist, but she's also a Latter-day Saint L A D D E R. But anyway, uh, that that baptism was difficult. Weddings are very awkward. I've only done one, and not only was I blind when I did that, but I was also crippled, broken my right foot, and so I was standing there on one foot, and my other foot was in a boot. But the bride and groom were very helpful. They actually, the attendants there, and st- it was very good. Everybody kind of guided me to where I needed to be, and and all that. Hospital visits are, you know, naturally, you just got to love people, nursing homes, you know, visiting in nursing homes and uh, visiting in, in the homes of people. Well, one of the hardest things that I have trouble with is that maybe some of you are more perceptive than I am, but sometimes I've made somebody mad and I don't even know it. Uh, and their body language will tell anyone who looks at them that they're upset or whatever, but I may not, not know it for days or I might find out from Lila when we get home, <laughs> my wife, Lila my bride of almost 36 years, by the way. And I'll find out from her, you know, look, uh, you know, I think she was upset with you about so-and-so. And I said, 
Boy, that's something, by the way, folks, don't let anything simmer. Don't let anything bubble if there's even a a chance. I mean, it's better to call someone and and have them just laugh about it and say, you know what, I didn't even think about that. You know, I I hadn't given that another thought than it is to not call someone and then they sit there and they're simmering their juices and they get madder and madder and then they blow up at you about something that has absolutely nothing to do with what they're really mad about. And it's so I would just say that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is even if you think there's a fault, I would rather ask for forgiveness for something that I haven't even done than to not ask for forgiveness for something that I have done. So have you found any kind of, uh, and here's the touchy question, of course, have you found any challenges in leadership being blind and anyone, so, so can I talk to the senior pastor or, you know, that, that type yeah. of thing, you know, kind of a condescending or patronizing. And, 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 and I, I just so. ask because you got to ask uh, it, it, you know. It's not as much so in the flock, but in the association with the other pastors. Mm. I had a guy ask a member of my congregation, you think he would get up this early this morning, you know, this particular morning and come and do this or whatever? You know, it's like, you know, it's not all of them. There are just some that, you know, some of them just realize the obstacles and, you know, that you face and the challenges that you face and they just love you and help you. But there are some other ones that are extremely patronizing. There's no other word for it. They're just plain, you know, oh, ain't that cute? You know, you think you're a pastor in a church, don't you? You know, I mean, it's that transparent. What do you think we can do about the situation? Because we've talked about it before on the podcast. And what advice would you have to other Christians, whether we be in leadership or just uh, members of a flock or whatever? How can we lovingly be of assistance in kind of educating the church? I mean, this is a challenge for many people. And I think that many times it drives us away from the Lord because we forget that most folks are Christians because... You know, I Jesus wish I knew the answer. Didn't come yeah. to fix the fixed. <laughs> you right. know, came to well, fix the exactly. Perfect. You know, and that, that's a great question. It's one that I don't have a, on a personal level. We need to act as much like everybody else as we can. And if I'm stepping on toes, I'm sorry about that. But you know, folks, observe other people and say the things that they say. Act the way other people act. One of the biggest blocks that a lot of blind people that I've personally been around in Florida and different places in my life at different times you know be yourself but but also be uh you know normal uh be <laughs> uh, i don't know how to say that without sounding awkward that rules but me then, out but, dude i can't but, be normal i'm a well, jesus no, freak no no yeah yeah no but you're, you're just you know, you're just you're just funny but that's you know that's different i mean you're no i know what you're saying but, i'm but, I'm, but, I'm pulling but, your but now but. on an organizational level I really felt like the Lord was leading me to actually do something about what you were talking about a couple of three years ago. And I actually went to the state convention with it. I said, you know, how, how can I, you know, I mean, I'll go around, I'll talk to different churches that have handicapped populations. And I, I hate to use the word handicap, but that's what they refer to either blindness or wheelchairs or whatever else, you know, disabled community, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I would love to come and talk to your churches and let them know these people can be productive in your churches. They can teach Sunday school classes. You know, there's a lot of things they can do. You know, you might not want to drive in the bus, you know, but there, there are things that they can do. And I was met with dead silence. I mean, it was like a sudden outburst of indifference. You know, yeah, I, I offered to work parking lot for Resurrection Day at my church, and they just <laughs> said that they'd already gotten all the people. So they one of the said, very first things I'm on, one of the very first things I volunteered for when I got here, we have a 15 uh, passenger van, and one of the very first things I volunteered for was to drive it. But they even uh, posted a, you know, I have a just a state ID, you know, that looks like a driver's license, but it's not. And they actually, as a joke, posted it in one of the things that I was a, you know, bus driver. It was kind of funny. 
There you go. <laughs> so, Jamie, Lisa, do you have any questions for Richard? I don't know about question. I was. I think the image that will probably stick with me for the next week is the idea of stopping the Son of God in his tracks. That is just awesome to me. That's yep. my prayer. That's what I want to be able to do, mm-hmm. to do something yep. for the kingdom that will, that will make Jesus stop and say, whoa, that, that's just a great <laughs> yep. thought. Yep, absolutely. That is a wonderful I mean, just to, to think yeah. of that, I, I think of, you know, Stephen at the end of, 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 oh, of uh, Acts chapter 7, you know, what causes a standing ovation in heaven? You know, Stephen's death. <laughs> you got to get stones yeah. thrown at you wow. for that one. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I'm always moved by the fact that God asks Bartimaeus what he wants from him. Because we were talking, I think, back in the first podcast about people coming up and just praying for us. They think they know what we want. They think they know how they should pray. And, you know, here's the creator of the universe. He doesn't really need to ask, but he wants us to think. he's not asking for himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the story, hearing about a story about a pastor who went to church and he'd been there about five or six weeks. And they said, uh, they, they were all sitting around lunch one day and they said, what do you think of our new pastor? I said, well, I love the way he preaches, but he just, it's like he's answering a lot of questions that no one is asking. And I think we, <laughs> you know, we can do that. The Lord doesn't do that with us. He meets us at the point of our need, not at the point of, you know, Joe's need over here or, you know, Jack's need over yonder. He meets us at the point of our need. Uh, what do you want? And he means that, you know, personally. And then that's exactly what we'd like to know is what do you want? <laughs> our listeners, why don't you uh, write to us and let us know what you want to info at blindjesusfreak.com. You can visit us on the web at www.blindjesusfreak.com and there you can find our RSS feed and go ahead and connect that into your favorite podcatcher or however you consume podcasts and that kind of thing. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Blind Jesus Freak. However it is, we want to know what you want. We certainly don't want to be accused of asking questions or you know having subjects here that you're not interested in. After all, we're here to serve. Uh, we're not here to serve ourselves, but we're here to serve you, our faithful audience, and we give you all the opportunity, we hope, to do that. If you're listening to us on iBlink Radio, please do feel free to send us an iReport. If you would prefer to send us an MP3 file, you can do that right through the website. All of our comments, uh, by the way, you can go ahead and and submit an audio comment. And uh, we may not get the entire comment down because, you know, blind folks tend to be a little chatty. But, you know, we'll trim it down and make it fit and give you your, uh, your moment of time here to express yourself and let us know exactly what you have to say and do pass that information on to us and do tell others about the podcast. Richard, Jamie, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We have been a little longer than usual, but uh, I think it's been uh, well worth our time. And Richard, you've been a real blessing. Thank you so much. God is uh, using you in such a tremendous way in so many ways. And uh, I've known you for a number of years. And it's just been an absolute blessing to know you and to continue to watch how God is working in your life. We do hope you'll come back again and minister to us again. I'd love to. And I'm honored to be a part of this, whether it's sitting here talking to the few that are uh, that are here or that all those out there in a congregation or whatever. There's never a time that I don't feel those butterflies. You know, when I feel, you know, Lord, let, you know, speak through me. You know, this is not my agenda. This is his. And and I I appreciate that. It's just, just an honor to be asked to do this. 
And uh, I just claimed that promise in Isaiah 55, 11, that when his word goes out, it never returns void, ever. I'd also like to echo Mike and thank Richard for coming and speaking with us. It's interesting to know people, to know they're a Christian, but, you know, in, the, in your work, setting you're talking about work as you should you know you're doing stuff and uh, so it's great to get that spiritual perspective and to hear uh, it's always amazing to me when i hear someone's heart whether they're a minister or a lay person god speaks to all of us in different ways and it's just i love hearing what god is saying to each of us in turn so thank you i'd like to thank all who are listening and regardless of when you listen to this podcast I would like to wish you a very happy Resurrection Day. Absolutely. He truly is risen indeed. Yes, he has. He is risen indeed. And thank you so much for visiting with us. Remember, folks, everybody is a freak about something. So you know what? Be a freak about Jesus. Thank you for checking out the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast with your host, Mike Calvo. A podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment and you made it this far, we see you stuck around. If you learned something, we invite you to add us to your favorite podcasting software and make us a part of your regular biblical study. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yes, the pun is totally intended. So stop being politically correct. And let's just relate to one another as God's kids. For more information about this ministry, visit us on the web at www.blindjesusfreak.com and learn how easy it is for you to connect with us and a bunch of other Jesus Freaks on your favorite social networks. Remember, everybody's a freak about something. Join us and be a freak about Jesus. After all, he's crazy about you.